Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning. Hey, family. Almost missed the cue there. Okay. Anyway, I am so honored to be up here sharing with you today. Jamie is in St. Louis. He is ministering at, or preaching at a church there as one of our overseers, Pastor Dan Lord. Some of you may remember him from coming in and being with us. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Sandra. I am one of the pastors here, and I also have the privilege and honor of being Jamie's wife. So, <laughs> And he let me get up here while he was gone, so I think that's good. All right. And I get to kick our new series off today, Soulmates. Yeah. So February, we try to talk about marriage. We talk about relational things. And um, our team just felt like we needed to kick off this series by talking about singleness. So technically, I guess I'm kind of sharing on pre-soulmate, right? Would that be more accurate? Right. All right. So anyway... But trust me, there's something for all of us here today. Yeah, and speaking of team, I'm just really humbled and honored to, to help lead and serve alongside such a great team of men and women here at TC. Man, I just, I love you guys, and well, there goes my glasses, and I love a team. And um, my prayer today is that each one of us, single or not, will just be able to receive something from the word. I kind of like to say, like, taking home something in your basket or, like, your cart, like, you put something in your cart, like, hey, I need that. So I'm taking that with me. Some of us may get more than others, um, or maybe we'll just take something to encourage someone else with. One more disclaimer before we get going. I'm just going to leave those down there. Um, this message is kind of sharing some of my story. So it is slightly from a woman's perspective, from, from my perspective, but um, don't shut me out if you don't feel like you identify. See what God has, because we always can get something from his word. My title for today is, I've been waiting. Um, let's date ourselves. Who remembers that song? 1981, going strong. All right. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We thank you that when your word goes forth, it brings change. It brings understanding. God, bring that to each one of us today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that um, we can learn to wait your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So the waiting I'm going to talk about today is not that kind of excited waiting, like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the package to come, you know, where you're anticipating and you know it's coming, and that's not the kind of waiting we're talking about today. The kind of waiting we're talking about today, and something might pop in your mind, is the kind of waiting where you're like, is the package going to come? Did God even send it? I mean... Did it get lost in the mail? You know, where you keep refreshing the tracking number, looking like, hey, I'm waiting on this. 
Uh, it's, it's not just the sweet, haunting melody that we just heard. It's, it's, waiting can be really painful and hard. Maybe we're waiting for, you know, but God, I've been waiting. I'm waiting for that business dream to come to fruition. I'm waiting for a ministry dream. I'm waiting for a child. I'm waiting for a child to come back into relationship with me and you. I'm waiting just to get through the season. It feels really long. I'm waiting for a house. I'm waiting for, well, you can fill in the blank there, what you're waiting for, or maybe you're waiting for a soulmate. You know, we have different experiences in waiting. Um, waiting can be lonely, it can be confusing. But as we wait, let this be an anthem. Psalm 52, eight says, but as for me, I am an olive tree flourishing in the house of the Lord. We're gonna come back to that. 45 to 50% of adults in the US are currently living single. It's healthy and it's necessary. We feel that for singles to be a part of marriage, conferences, marriage, you know, ministry, marriage, when we share on marriage here, if, singles, if single people, single adults, underthink marriage, that can be unhealthy. If they overthink marriage, that can be unhealthy too. Marriage is important, but so is singleness. Singleness is important and how we do it. Singleness is a gift, and maybe only for a finite period of time, it can feel like to infinity and beyond. <laughs> okay, and by the way, how many of you that, were sing that are single or that were single ever celebrated Valentine's Day when you were single? I didn't. I was like, it's a pagan holiday. <laughs> Real spiritual, right? Yeah, that's, that's what I hid behind. Anyway, all right. So waiting is a faith walk. Waiting is not a one-time thing. And sometimes singleness is not either. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6.12 that it's a good fight. It's, you know, it's a good fight. To fight the fight of faith. It's definitely not, you know, just chill ride. Something I want to establish is that if you're in a season of waiting, if you're in a season of being single, it doesn't mean you're incomplete. Singleness or waiting is a season. It's not a disease. It's not a grim and subhuman condition. Single people are complete people. They're whole in Christ. They're not waiting for someone to fulfill them. Christ fulfills. We're all on different journeys. We're all in different seasons. And some seasons can really feel longer than others. But you're not less if you're still waiting on something, if you're still waiting on God. You're not less if you're unable to conceive a child. You're not less if you raised your children right and one or more is still is really struggling. And you're not less if you need to work on your marriage. XO plug right there, okay? <laughs> All right, you, we're, we're on journeys, we're in seasons. And the thing in, is that in any season, in all waiting seasons, what we, we can be sure of is God's love, God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's presence in the season, and God's plan for the season. That's why this message is for everyone, because we're all in a season. And no one has his waiting thing down. There's always something we're waiting on. 
So while I don't want to discourage any season and other seasons that can be painful, we are talking about the season of singleness. The point is that your mission doesn't start with marriage. Even if it's a goal, um, the journey doesn't start and end at marriage. That's why the truth is that waiting is good practice because we're going to do it again. And then there's no happily ever after. We still have to work and wait on different things in our heart and dreams. And you know, there's lies we believe like if we do it God's way, it'll all work out and be perfect, right? Well, you know, some of y'all have noticed that Jamie and I have our polar opposite backgrounds and um, stories. So I I digress there. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit of my story. So I um, gave Jesus the lordship of my heart and my life at the age of eight. And I knew at a young age that I was going to marry a pastor. And I was going to serve in ministry with him. And I've wanted, I'm one of those people that just know what I want. And that's, that's you know, how it's going to be. So, um, but we'll get to how God works on that. So anyway, um, so my sister, my older sister, was she was married at 18. And when she was at 18, I was 17. So goals, right? And I'm like, hey, I don't have long to wait. God's, this is God's plan. I know it. And um, all right. So um, I went, my daddy said I had to go to college somewhere. So I went to a Bible college in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And um, I was like, dad said I had to go, but I'll go here and find my pastor and I won't, I won't be here long. Um, so I was there. I was in Louisiana for seven years and um, not the whole time in college, but, uh, and while I was there, I, 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 so, I served pastors wise. I was really... Um, persistent and intense about what God had called me to do. And I worked in youth ministry and other things, but I, um, and I worked for the city of Baton Rouge, but I pursued like, if I'm going to be a pastor's wife, I got to learn about this. So I'd serve pastor's wives and I'd, I'd do anything just to learn about them. And I was sowing into my vision. It's another important point. You sow into what you feel God's called you to do. So, you know, all my high school friends got married then all my college friends got married. Then kids I worked with in youth group, they got married. Kids I taught in elementary classes in church, they were getting married. And roommate after roommate got married. So I began to set up these goals like, okay, she's 27 and she's really cool, beautiful girl. She's not married yet. Then she's 29, she's a pilot. I mean, look at her. I, She's not married yet. Of course, I kept aging out of that. So I began serving in Kentucky. I moved to Kentucky, um, a really rural town in Kentucky. And um, I was okay, I think, right till about 27. Then I just started praying. Every year on my birthday, I would ask God to send me my husband. And um, I'm like, God, that would be a really great birthday present. (laughs) And then when I was 28, I met a um, director from Focus on the Family. She had relatives in our small Kentucky town and she offered me a job. And uh, she kept faxing me jobs and I told, I made a deal. I said, if I am still 30 and single, I will move to Colorado Springs and I will work for you. Um, I was like, if I can't build my family, I'll build my career, right? Okay. So, but I turned 30 and God wouldn't let me go. He said, 
wait. Don't, don't we like that word a lot? I was like, I thought that's what I was doing, right? So I've been waiting, all right? You see what I did there? Okay, so anyway, I, uh, no man in sight, I'm turning 31. We'll come back to my 31st birthday. But it turns out that Jamie did move to town on my birthday. I didn't meet him for two months, but he did. And um, we did meet while we were serving at church together. Isn't that interesting? Pursuing purpose. We'll come back to that. Okay, so, um, you know, everyone was like, you know, he's got a college education and all his teeth. And that's really, <laughs> that's really rare in Kentucky in this rural town, okay? Um, anyway, but we're not talking about teeth goals, okay? We're talking about waiting. All right. So I want to share, I'll come back to some interesting stories, but I want to share some principles that help me navigate my season of waiting and uh, my season of singleness. So the first principle is to position yourself in faith. So what verses are we standing on for our season? So here's a couple of mine. One was Exodus 1.21. And because the midwives feared the Lord, he gave them families of their own. Another one in Luke 12, 32 says, Fear not, little flock. It is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I want to do things for you. So how do we position ourselves in faith? Faith comes by hearing. We have to hear God's word. That's Romans 10, 17. Hear God's word. So we have to stay in the word so we can hear. So that's, that's a simple principle that if you're like me, you have to just keep coming back to that, keep coming back to that, to have a plan, to stay in the word. Like right now, I really love the Bible app and the version. You know, if you have a plan, you're going to hear. You're not going to miss it. You're going to be in the word. Um, sometimes, I mean, God speaks to you through his word. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says wait. Um, I heard God many times because I, was, I positioned myself to hear. So you're positioning in the word and in faith. I mean, one time God told me no in such a way that, you know, I, there was a young man that we served in ministry together in Baton Rouge, and we were really close friends and loved ministering together. And one day he says, hey, um, I really like you. You're a great friend, but we can't be friends anymore. I said, why? He said, well, God told me you're not my wife. I don't know why he said that, but he said that, and so I, I'm afraid if we get any closer, I'll be defrauding whoever God has. So I was like, okay. And then I went away, and I was like, God, you told him no? <laughs> I mean, you, what are you going to tell me? And so I'm like, I, I would like to hear what you have to say. So in my one-year Bible, uh, because I started it a long time ago. Sometimes I skip Revelation and Ezekiel. But anyway, okay, so in my one-year Bible, that day, that reading, it was, there will be no wedding song. Okay, thank you. Okay. Okay, so I heard because I positioned myself to hear. The question becomes, what am, what am I believing today? Not what am I feeling today? What am I believing? What's your word got for me? And when you press into the word, there's going to be many voices. There's going to be, uh, the, yeah, there can be confusion. So sometimes when we fast and we hear God's word, like when I did hear the word, I, um, there was a, 
visiting evangelist, he came every year and he always gave people words. And one year he said to me, you remember Brother Kent, Sam? Uh, one year he said, hey, God wants to confirm his word to you. And I really liked that he put it that way. He said, you, you're praying for your family. God said, what you're praying for is coming. You know, don't be scared. And so I went, I, I, I had the pastor's wife said, sometimes he misses it. <laughs> I'm 31 years old, don't say that to me. I mean, so anyway, I, uh, I called my mom. I have a really godly mom and I said, mom, Brother Kent said this and she said, well, when Daniel heard that God was gonna do what he said, he went on a fast. So I went on a Daniel fast. And um, so don't, don't listen to other voices. I had people, they'd come in and they'd say, are you being persistent? Are you pressing in and pressing in? Oh, I better do that. And then the next year they'd come back, are you being content? <laughs> I thought I was supposed to be persistent. And um, so anyway, if you get in the word, you get a word by being in the word. What, if you hear a voice, if someone gives you something, God will always confirm it by his word. And he, he makes us stretch. Just, you know, sometimes we feel like we're being pushed. He's stretching us. He's growing us. And the word helps combat lies. Um, you know, and com doubts, compare sin, right? We try to compare ourselves to others. Like, hey, um, they've got these things in their life and they're getting answers. Why, do, why don't I have what I'm waiting for? I'm just gonna read a couple lies to you um, that the enemy tries to tell us. You're incomplete until you're with someone. Your season of waiting will last forever. Your dream of getting married will never happen. And you feel that hopelessness, that defeat, that finality. You've messed up in sin, and while God may forgive you, he won't give you a great marriage in the future. Or this is a really... This is a lie. What you do today has no effect whatsoever on your future marriage. Your bad habits, your painful heart issues, your addictions and secret sins, they'll all disappear once you get married and meet the right person. Right. You think that we'd recognize these lies because the enemy tells the same ones for generations. But we fight them and we, get, we, we can believe them. So the sec we're gonna position ourselves in faith and the second thing we're gonna position ourselves in is purpose. And that applies to everyone because we can all say, my rights, my rights, my rights. My needs, my needs, my needs. And God wants us to say, my purpose, my purpose, my purpose. Because so, a waiting season, whatever we're waiting for, it doesn't have to be a wasted season. So whenever, that, that was my verse, that, the one I read first. Whenever I would get the inevitable question, you're not married yet? Or maybe the, why aren't you married yet? I would just love to quote that verse, Psalm 52, 8. But as for me, I am flourishing in the house of the Lord. So an example of that is King David. He was out in the sheepfold. He was He's, he was positioned in purpose. He was doing what he had to do. And God came and found him and said, wait, I got you. I'm gonna, you're going to be a king. And um, so you sow. Again, we're sowing into what we're believing for. We're sowing into vision. We're sowing into purpose. Um, sometimes I remind God about what I sowed. Like, like that verse, because the midwives feared the Lord. I'm like, God, I've sowed into families. 
I've, I've babysat pastor's wife's kids. I've counseled their troubled teens. I know you have that for me. Um, and you will always harvest what you plant, right? The sow and reap. Galatians 6, 7b says, you will always harvest what you plant. So I love this saying that I heard this a long time ago. God, prepare me for what you have prepared for me. So that's what we're doing. We're not wasting this waiting. God's preparing us. He's stretching us. He's got something ahead of us. And, and let's be realistic in waiting seasons. Sometimes you're like, I'm changing the world. I love being single. I couldn't do this if I wasn't single. And then other days, I felt like blind Bartimaeus. Like, you know, he was crying on the road, Jesus, have mercy on me. Um, we all have bad days. So, but don't, that doesn't mean we're not in faith. That doesn't mean we're not working on positioning ourselves. It means we had a bad day. Um, and so, um, some days you feel used. Like, like um, when I mentioned the evangelist, Brother Kent, that came through. He came three or four years. And nobody wanted to work in the nursery when Pastor Kent was there. Because they all were hoping that God would give him a word for them. So, guess who worked in the nursery? So I think it was like the third or fourth year. I kind of felt like David, you know, in the sheepfold that someone said, hey, Sandra, you need to get out there. And on that, that was God's appointed time. So another thing in purpose, being thankful helps adjust. It helps us adjust focus and it helps us stay positioned in purpose. And I love that song we sang. Psalm 50, 23 says, he who offers thanks." Offerings, I'm sorry, let me try this again. He who offers thank offerings honors me and prepares the way. It says uh, in Psalm 50, he prepares the way for my salvation. I like to think of it, he prepares the way for me to receive. Um, Because we don't want to be in bondage to our unfulfilled dreams. We want to give it to God. We want to thank him for what he's doing and give them to him. So don't be obsessed with what's next, what's right now. What's God got for you? Sometimes we can be wounded in the waiting, like feeling used. It, it happens, but don't stay wounded. Faithfulness is always attractive. Bitterness is not. And if you don't forgive, you'll end up bleeding on people that didn't cut you. That's really messy. Um, so practice forgiveness. Don't blame yourself. Don't blame others. Don't blame God. Just turn up and show up in purpose. Turn out, show up. And then number three, um, position yourself in purity. Y'all knew I was going to get to that, right? So uh, purity protects you. So we, we got, you know, we're going to stand, we're going to be positioned in faith, positioned in purpose, and positioned in purity. There's so many verses in the Bible. Here's one right here in Proverbs 2.11. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Uh, just... You know, read all, that's a little Simon if you want, if, for those of you that like homework, not me, but Proverbs 2, it is just all about, it talks about the treasure of common sense. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways submit to him and he will keep your path straight. So what's the definition of being pure? Unmixed from other matter, free from dust, free from dirt or taint. I wasn't up in a tower asking God about various suitors that begged at the tower's base. I mean, purity is hard work. 
I mean, married or single, you'll be tempted. I mean, purity is sometimes swimming against the flow and your natural instinct, there's no magic formula. You can't be, in, in, you can't be indecisive about your stand. You have to be positioned in purity. Psalm 119.9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Again, we're in the word, we're positioned. Job, Job 17 says, those with clean hands become strong. So you see, as you practice, you get stronger and stronger. Uh, don't sow compromise because you'll reap compromise. There's no judgment zone here though. I wanna be really clear about that. There's a lot of me too's, oh my's, almost. There's grace and the blood rewrites your history. Amen. We sang about that today too, the grace. Amen, amen. The right thing is rarely the easy thing, no matter what you're waiting for. It's not an easy walk, it's a faith walk. So you choose the right way over the easy way. And every time you conquer the urge and you, you position yourself in purity, you get stronger. Sometimes you get thrown a curveball, but you just fight hard to be positioned in purity and uh, God shows up. So when you apply God's word, living in position in purity, you're no longer in the, in the majority in this world we live in. You stand out. But you know, it's easier to notice someone who's a standout or outstanding. Um, I mean, how is someone gonna notice you if you look and act like everyone else, right? Like Instagram? The majority is overrated. Be a standout. And keep Jesus at the center. And this is really important to me. Uh, I, heard this, I heard this in one of my Bible uh, college classes. It was on marriage. And I've remembered it for all, all these years. Um, anyway, the only way you can truly love someone else is to fall in love with Jesus first. The only way you can be faithful and committed to someone else is to be faithful and committed to Jesus first. Jesus solid and at the center, no missionary dating. Y'all know what that means, right? Yeah, don't try to win someone. They have, they have to be in love with Jesus or they ain't gonna love you right. Um, and know what you're looking for. Acts 6.3 talks about when they looked for men to serve the tables for the, the New Testament church. I thought that was a great verse. It was men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And if you do a word search in the Bible on the word capable, that comes up a lot too. So you're looking for someone with the same values as you because we attract who you are, who we are. Psalm 4, Proverbs 4.23 says, I'm so sorry, I um, am a rule follower and I keep seeing the clock. <laughs> And I'm trying to follow the rules. <laughs> so, okay. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Another version says, guard your heart. It determines the course of your life. I pulled up like every version of that verse. That's a good study too. And um, on through Proverbs 4, it says, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you, on your purpose. Mark out a straight path for your feet, stay on the safe path, and don't get sidetracked. If you have to convince yourself, whatever we're waiting on, sometimes there's these counterfeits that show up. If you have to convince yourself, it's probably not God. Amen. Some of us are afraid to let go of the familiar. 
to reach out for God's best. I had a good friend that I dated for like three and a half years. He was a great friend. He would have been a terrible husband. You know, and praise God for hindsight and praise God for saying no. So this is a, I just found this as I was preparing and this is a resource and a good word for today. So there's a Instagram post I follow. It's called Raised to Stay. It's mostly talking about ministry, but this was the word about trusting God and letting go of things that, that we have doubt, that we're not confident as his purpose. What felt like exile was actually an exodus. You weren't rejected, you were rescued. The word exodus from the, is from the Greek word exodos, which means the road out. Some of us need to hear that what felt like rejection was actually a holy rescue. What's felt like a season of exile was a stealthy mission of a good father who loves you too much to let your need for acceptance lead you into captivity. God knows when it's time for departure, long before we sense a change. You might have to wander in the wilderness for a bit, but you'll always find a parting sea and the promises of God fulfilled because his promises are yes and amen. So position in purity, start now. You stepped off the path, get back on. Never tried it, start now. Start again, get accountable. Avoid traps, avoid regrets. Um, Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. No, for those who have been trained by it, for those who are positioned. Practicing healthy, godly habits now, it paves the way for good practice in the future. You get in that practice. So we're, we're positioned in faith, we're positioned in uh, purpose and purity. The last, well, there's two more positions, but the last position I wanna talk about is positioned in family. Um, Psalm 68, six says, God sets the lonely in families. Psalm 107, 41 says, he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. This is a great message for plugged in Sunday rally. I mean, family, that's how we find family. That's fi serve teams, connect groups, find your tribe. You're, if you're single, you're not alone, but you gotta stay in healthy community. God does set the solitary in families. Say yes, you have to say yes. Say yes to hangouts. Yes to man night and she events. Yes to connect group. In Exodus 17, I think it's such an interesting story where Moses has to hold his staff up and hold his hands over the battle and God had somebody holding his hand up here, somebody holding his hand up here. There's somebody out fighting. And you know, you're, the question in my mind is, why so much participation? I mean, God could easily win the battle or just use Moses, but he chose to use a group because that's the way he does it. We need each other. First Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up. We've got to do that. God didn't create us to do it alone, married or single. Get an accountability partner, someone that helps you. They know what you're waiting on. They know what you're believing for. They know the guardrails you need to put up and they hold you accountable in them. So after all of this positioning, doing your part, you're positioned in faith, purpose, purity, family, now we have to let God do his part. And this is trust. How do you position yourself in that? 
this is super hard for me because I do, like I mentioned, I love rules. I love to make rules and I like to follow rules. Um, sometimes I break rules, but only because my rules are better. No. Anyway, <laughs> all that to say is that I have this issue with rules. So I think if I follow the recipe, I get the cake. It works out. And if it, it, if it doesn't work, then it wasn't a good recipe. But that's not what trust is. Trust is that we follow God's rules and then we release it and we trust. Sometimes we think we're worthy of what we waited for because we, followed, we did it right. We followed the recipe. And God does reward faith. So and reap our biblical principles. We need to position ourselves and stay pure. But the real keys, say it again, are surrender, trust, honor, and praise. Make room for God to move and then just be positioned and wait. And God will continue to stretch you, especially if you get comfortable thinking that you've done it the way you're supposed to for him to move. And um, this one story um, where, where I was asking God to send me my husband on my birthday, I was positioned, I worked through the whole persistent, being content, God, I'm gonna wait on you. And, um, but I was like proud of myself, like checking the boxes. So I, was, I bought a little house in this rural town in Kentucky for 16,000, no, on my $16,000 salary. Uh, so I bought this little house and um, I was remodeling and this neighbor from Tennessee, I grew up in Oak Ridge, this neighbor drives up in his red Corvette, I hadn't seen him in years, and he d decided that since we were both still single, God had a plan in that. Well, I did not see that plan. And it was very hard. I just felt so terrible. It was just awful, like the letdown. And um, so I went to work that day. I went home at lunch and said goodbye to that guy. He, he wasn't at my house. but And then I met with the carpet layer that was working on this little house I bought. And I went to the office and I was like, God, I will wait as long as you want but please don't send any more counterfeits, please. I can't deal with that. I'll just wait for the one. It wasn't five minutes, I'm not kidding, that the toothless, ponytail-wearing carpet layer called me and asked me on a date. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And God was like, you are not gonna put me in a box. You are not gonna talk about how this works. You're gonna let it go, and you're gonna wait, and you're gonna trust me. And then I listened to this message on singleness and it talked about women that, that wait to use their good china and all this stuff till they're getting married. So I broke out the china set I had, a little four set, and I made myself a cup of tea and I had some sweet time with God and he and I had tea. And then I got a little distracted and I was thinking about how good I was at giving God everything. And then I'm like, I really like this china. Like, I wonder what the name of it is. So I flipped it over to see the name of the china. Solitaire. <laughs> that was the name of the china. I can't make this up. And God is like, Sandra, you, no, you don't predict the outcome. You are following me, but you have to trust me. It is good. Thank you. Remember, waiting is not wasted. God is always moving and working. And everything you sowed in those children in your life 
for your finances, getting out of debt, the things you worked hard for and the breakthroughs you're waiting for. Remember Psalm 52. I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. The second part of the verse, I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. That's the main point. He loves us with an unfailing love. So you, you, you position yourself, you lay it out, and then you wait, but you camp out in faith and trust. And camping out, that just means you stick to it. You stick on that verse. Don't give it to Jesus. Don't take it back. And I really came down to Hebrews 11. If I die believing, I die believing. That's, that's the second chapter of Hebrews 11, right? The second part of the chapter. The people believe. I'm like, God, I'm going to believe you. If I die believing, I die believing. Sometimes we don't give it to God because we think it's not big enough to bother him with. Like, oh, we should be able to handle this. People have handled this before. And sometimes we don't like the way God's handling it, so we hang on to it kind of pretend it's not there, shove it in the closet. But let me read you this verse about don't waste your waiting. Psalm 105, 19. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. In Joseph's waiting season, it wasn't a fun one. God was working on things. He wasn't wasting that waiting. God was doing something. So I think, I think, Jamie was worth waiting for? What y'all think? I think they were worth waiting for. Yeah? God has good things. And now I'm in a different season, teenagers. And I'm waiting on other things. Again, I'm waiting. God's with you in your season. He's faithful. He keeps his promises. So do be in the word. Positioned and filling up on faith, be in purpose, be in purity, be in family, do the, do the recipe, but wait. If y'all would stand with me, I'm just going to say this last verse that shows us God's, the way we can trust him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in him. So how many of us today need God's help and need his faith for the season we find ourselves in? We just need that strength and wisdom to wait. The prayer team's going to come up, and if you want to come and pray with them, they're here. If you want to pray in your seat, we're just going to pray together right now. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. God, I don't even know how to believe without you. Thank you, God. Help me to wait your way. Help me to position myself and to trust you. I know you love me. I know that you keep your promises. I know you know what's best for me. I will position myself. I will camp out and I will trust. In Jesus' name, amen. One more prayer today that there's, there may be some of us that need to be, become a part of God's family and be positioned as his family before we can go any further in, our, in your season. You need a fresh start. If that's you today, let's just pray this together. Come see one of these guys after. They'd love to be part of your family. Dear God, I want to be part of your family. I want to be positioned with you. Jesus, please forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I don't want to walk in another season without you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.